0: is trice talk
1: and this is crimson
0: hey crimson have you ever heard that song before
1: i have not
0: it's uh called i need a dollar by somebody named alec oh no it's not alec it's Alo. a-l-o-e block huh Yeah, well, you know, I'm not trying to solicit any money or anything. That's just, that was just the name of the song. Uh, I need more than a dollar, so that's not going to matter. Let me tell Alec he needs to calm down there. All right. Well, hey, welcome, Crimson.
1: Well, thanks, Donald Wayne.
0: And welcome, uh, let's see who's on the board. Uh, Somebody. B8. B- Babo B A A B A U. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. And Mary Lonzo, welcome to the show. I'm assuming that Eric will be in in a few minutes. I don't know if, if Slightly's on or finishing up his show right now or not. Um,
1: he'll be here, I'm sure.
0: Um. Yeah. He'll he'll come in here. Uh, if you listen to Trice Talk on a regular basis. Uh, Dennis Lee, who is usually in here about this time, uh, he's—I guess we call it spring break. Uh, you know, it's really a vacation for him, but it's spring break, in here in Georgia, and uh, he's taking a few days hiding up in the mountains. So hope he's having a good time up there. Hope it's not raining up there. That—that that would be my luck to take a vacation and then—and then it rains for a couple of days.
1: I like it when it rains in the mountains. You can build a fire and cozy up.
0: Well, then you don't have to get out and do anything, right?
1: Right. You know, sometimes a vacation can be relaxing.
0: So you're saying you can go on a vacation and and sit there and do nothing, and that's still a vacation. Is that that what you're saying?
1: It is for me. I don't know about you, but I like (laughs) to do nothing or have nothing to do.
0: It's, you know, uh, I enjoy four five, six movies in a row on a rainy day. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's nice not to have anything to do. I agree. Um, so actually one of the first things I was going to do, I can't do yet because Robert's not, i mean, Robert <laughs> oh. Eric's not in here. Hey BP, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, Eric's not here. I was, you know, last night we were talking about uh, the song, "Turn, Turn, yeah. Turn," and he was talking about was what book is that from the Bible? Is it Ecclesiastes? Uh, I yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I was I had that all geared up to play for him to get that out of the way tonight, and he's not here yet, so I'll have to save it for a little bit later. Okay. But uh, that was the first, I was thinking that song came out around 1968, 69, but it was actually 1965. Wow. So, so it is, you know, I think that was the first time something from the, uh, I mean, that much from the Bible was ever used in a in a rock and roll song. So especially.
1: Uh, I know y'all talked about this last night and BP was in on this. What's the name of that song? That you're
0: turn, talking? turn, Turn, Turn. Yeah. Three Turns
1: three turns
0: (laughs) yeah and not the bird but uh like turn the key there is a turn there is a turn bird but that's something else
1: Uh, i didn't know that either
0: (laughs) yeah i'm just full of it tonight yes you are full of it i have have lots of useless information stored away for instant use if necessary (laughs) bp says three laps okay (laughs) (laughs) that that would be as was that is that a circle or does it take four lefts to make a circle i don't know i'm thinking
1: all right it's too deep for me
0: inquiring minds want to know (laughs) that's a dennis lee question uh
1: you'll be a nascar
0: (laughs) (laughs) um all right well let's see so since i can't do turn 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 yet let me see what's the first thing on the agenda um. Well, here's a question. We'll just kind of keep it simple for a few minutes. Why do days have 24 hours in them? Do you know Crimson or BP or anybody? Anybody in the chat room? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, um, is that the answer to the what I just
0: asked, or is that?
1: <laughs> no, we like that song too. <laughs> oh, that's.
0: Uh, i'll have to find that one one of these days yeah
1: uh i do not know why there's 24 hours in a day it doesn't have something to do with the sun i I have no idea really
0: well i always thought that because um you know because we consider the cycle of the sun you know rising and setting uh and coming up the next day is as a well, I guess midnight is a cycle. Anyway, I, I just always thought it had something to do with the sun.
1: Well, BP says that's how long it takes the sun to rotate. Um.
0: Okay, but see, <laughs> that works, BP, except for as as we get into winter time, then of course the daylight is shorter if you think about it and then of course in the middle of june that's the longest for us here in in the uh, western hemisphere that's the longest daylight hours that we have so um and looking in that issue and i just happened to stumble on that when i was looking for some other material for tonight and i saw where uh the article it says and it's very very quick two sentences the egyptians are the ones who were thought to be responsible for for dividing the day into 24 equal parts. I mean, I didn't know it was that far back, but uh, they're suggesting that this custom evolved because the Egyptians commonly used the base of 12 in in their counting system. And uh, they did that because they count the three joints in each one of their fingers, except for the thumb. Does that make sense? <laughs>
1: I guess. I,
0: I, I don't. That's why they're saying uh, uh, twelve is their base number because they counted each of the joint and each of your fingers, except <laughs> your. Well, because the thumb does not have three joints. <laughs> See, i know the answer to that one Uh, but you know know when i read the article i immediately looked down at my hand
1: well i just did it i just looked at my hand i know
0: did you ever realize that you had three (laughs) joints in your other fingers and only two in your thumb
1: nope never knew that uh
0: it took me a lot of years to get to that realization
1: (laughs) (laughs) another one of those useless facts
0: i know it's you cannot do anything with it but try it the next time you're at a bar and somebody next to you's had five or six drinks and asked them, you know, uh if they know how why we have 24 hours in a day. Is that Dennis at the bar? He's probably at a bar. Or um, he's
1: drinking at least. Yeah, there's
0: there's lots of bars up there in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. <laughs> okay. Hey, Sasquatch and uh free doctor. Let's see, am I missing anybody here? I'm, I have to turn over when I'm looking at that board.
1: I think you're good.
0: Okay. But anyway, the Egyptians supposedly are the ones that came up with the 24 hours in a day kind of thing. So Of
1: course, we don't know what they were thinking, right?
0: No, because, you know, they were, <laughs> I mean, they're the ones that came with, up with all these different gods and sacrifices and all these other kind of things. That, But, you know, actually, they were pretty smart people except for their superstition. Uh, and their lack of any any kind of real religion, but what can I say? Yeah. All right, <laughs> so there's one useless piece of information. Uh, well, here's another one. Did you know that most countries around the world today use the 24-hour system? However, the 12-hour format, including AM and PM, is officially used. In uh, a number of countries like just the US, Canada, and they say, except for Quebec. For some reason, Quebec doesn't. I don't think we've had our Canada caller in, in quite a while. The guy used to call all the time that lived in Canada. <laughs> Australia uses the same system that we do, New Zealand and the Philippines, <laughs> but it doesn't have England on here. And I, I, I would have huh. sworn that England would have been the same thing as the United States.
2: Huh.
0: But hey, Sea Rock. Anyway, so there's those two. Now you have two pieces of information that you have no purpose for whatsoever.
1: Well, BP's saying they they were thinking about how in the hell are they going to build these pyramids.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I didn't know there was a difference. I didn't know that we were on the 12-hour base. And, um, well, I have a useless question for you, Crimson. Yep. Uh when it when the clock strikes twelve midnight. Yeah. Does it become twelve AM or is it twelve PM? Is it still twelve PM or does it become twelve AM? At midnight.
1: Well,
0: it's, it's twelve AM Well see the people that wrote this article, they say it's really in no man's land it's in between now when you get to 1201 they say it becomes a.m but at 12 Ah. midnight it's it's nowhere it's this you should say midnight because that way you know people know what time of the day you're talking about well
1: when on our digital clocks we either have a.m or p.m we have there's no zones there's a no no zone
0: (laughs) and it, it it the article said it did that for stupid people so they would know whether it was, you know, AM or PM so they'd know it was <laughs> going into the afternoon or if it was going into the morning. <laughs> but technically there is no designation for 12 midnight other than 12 midnight. It's neither AM or PM. So <laughs> that's just about it. That's more useless than that thing about the uh, fingers.
1: Yeah. I'm writing them down though so I can use them at the bar. <laughs>
0: On the next vacation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I've I've thrown out as much useless stuff as I can, and I still can't play turn, turn, turn. So I guess I'm going to have to go to something serious here, huh?
2: <laughs>
0: all right, Eric. If I don't play this thing tonight. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess... Uh, My first little story, whoops, I better watch where I put that, um, is about Donald Trump and Twitter.
1: My man, my man.
0: (laughs) Donald Trump and Twitter. uh, The story is uh, Twitter takes blocking of Trump one step further. Imagine that. I mean, the guy's been out of office three months, and we still can't let up. But this is a story from Newsmax, um, and it's from Eric Mack, and it goes on to say Twitter blocks archiving of Trump tweets on its platform. I didn't really know that they archive uh, that kind of thing um, from presidents, you know, or anybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, or why anybody.
1: would they? I don't know. Uh,
0: but evidently, there's uh, there's something called the National Archives and Records Administration n-a-r-a instead of n-r-a when i first read it I said n-r-a we've already got an n-r-a <laughs> i forgot the other a but uh twitter has done more than merely block former president donald trump it's now blocking the national archives and records administration from posting anything from trump's tweets on its platform so evidently this this n-a-r-a post um uh, different information about former presidents on various uh, media sites around, you know, in the country and Twitter is one of them, huh. but Twitter is not going to allow them to, to put anything from Donald Trump. So uh, a, a Twitter, that's such a funny name, Twitter <laughs> spokesperson. How would you like to be a Twitter spokesperson? Um, Trenton Kennedy wrote in an email, given that we permanently suspended at real Donald Trump, The content from the account will not appear on Twitter as it did previously or as archived administration accounts do currently, regardless of how NARA decides to display the data it has preserved. Administration accounts that are archived on the service are accounts that we are not in violation of the Twitter rules. We are not. not. We're not.
1: We're not or they're not.
0: Administration accounts that are archived <laughs> on the service are accounts that were not in violation. Okay, I okay. got it. Okay. I had to read it slowly. <laughs> so, you know, in other words, since Donald Trump was blocked uh, right after the, quote, insurrection in January, then, uh, you know, Twitter's not going to allow anybody else to post anything by him either. Uh, NARA maintains archives for other former Trump administration officials. However, displaying them on the platform, users can retweet, retweet, <laughs> retweet, or like them. I just—that's a hard word to say. It is. Uh, James Pritchett, a spokesperson for NARA, said that they are still exploring the best way to handle. The tweets of the blocked former President Trump. While they <laughs> will still be preserved on the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library website and can be downloaded from that site, Twitter uh-huh. controls the content on its platform. Uh-huh. Uh, James Pritchard also told Politico that NARA intends to provide public access to all captured and preserved presidential records social media including any blocked or deleted tweets that have been transferred to us so it sounds like you can go to this um that particular that n-a-r-a site and download this stuff yeah and then you know let's let's all do that and then let's try to mass tweet them out you know um (laughs) i guess you can do that i don't know but of course they'll be blocked i guess uh goes on to say, in addition to the Twitter pan, <laughs> did you hear me say pan? In yes. addition to the Twitter ban, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram blocked a video of Trump being interviewed by Laura Trump last week. I, I didn't see that, uh, but I heard about it. The move addressed by Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, who would think that Bernie Sanders mm. would actually lean in our direction But he admitted that he did not feel particularly comfortable with the censorship of a political view. Yesterday, it was Donald Trump who was banned, and tomorrow, it could be somebody else who has a different point of view. I don't like giving that much power to a handful of high-tech people. Now, that's kind of funny coming from Bernie Sanders, considering... He wants to really, basically, give the government control of everything else in the country. Uh, but uh, hey, it sounds like he's hanging in there for freedom of speech.
1: Way to so, go, Bernie! Yeah,
0: hey, let me. Where's my applause thing? I don't have that yeah. set up yet. We'll give him, a, as Dennis Lee says, we'll give Bernie the clap. <laughs> And that could be a standing ovation too. I'm not quite sure. All right. Well, that was my first little thing. Well, that there. was
1: that was interesting. I'm I'm definitely gonna go check that out and see if we can find all that stuff. Good that idea. would be fun
0: to play with and and give social media a headache trying to delete <laughs> all that stuff that we want to post.
1: Uh, well, um, I got a little little thing to share, nothing nothing great, but uh, we've been talking a lot about cancel culture lately. And uh, where the word, uh, maybe where that kind of originated from was possibly the first reference to canceling someone comes from a 1991 film, New Jack City with Wesley Snipes, plays a gangster named Nino Brown. I don't think I've ever seen it, but some of you guys may have.
0: I remember the title.
1: Do you? In one um, scene, after his girlfriend breaks down because she can't stand all the violence he's causing, he dumps her by saying, I don't know if I can say this, but I'll I'll say it, uh, cancel that bitch, I'll buy me another one. <laughs> so they're, they're actually attributing, this article is attributing the, that terminology coming from this movie back in 1991. I don't know if it's true or not. Oh, b P says he loves that movie. I see, yeah,
0: I'm surprised. I remember the title. I don't actually remember the movie, yeah, Of course, I like Wesley Snipes even even after he went to prison for tax <laughs> tax evasion.
1: yeah, well, they said there's the screenwriter was um Barry Michael Cooper, and they actually attributed him for writing it. so. I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, I re- I remember that. I just don't remember the
1: the phrase. Remember what the
0: movie was about? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, if it's yeah.
1: Wesley Snipes, it's uh, pretty rough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, he he wasn't. I don't think the language was too bad in Blade, if I remember correctly. You know, the vampire slayer movies. Um,
1: I kind of like those. I don't yeah. know why.
0: Yeah, uh, I liked it too. When uh, oh gosh, what was the uh, what was his friend's name? Uh, Chris Christopherson. That wasn't his name in the movie, but uh, the, I know the that old, guy. Yeah, the old country <laughs> and western singer. That was an odd role for him, but maybe maybe Wesley liked him. Maybe he liked his music. I don't know.
2: Huh.
0: And what what was you saying? And that and Sugar Hill movie with him. I don't remember the Sugar Hill movie. What is that about, BP? That one's, and I'm pretty good about the old movies. Yeah, they usually ring a bell with me. Um,
1: so that's that's kind of what they're saying. That's possibly where the that terminology came from. So, there it's been used in songs since then. Uh, Little Wayne did a song in reference that same exact statements in a song. So, and he's, he makes reference like Nino. So he's making reference to the movie. Hmm. So.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Little did they know how how much that that term would be abused, you know, 20, 30 years later.
2: Yep.
0: Jeez. Okay. No, Eric. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no. Well, I, I will if he doesn't come in and I'll play it anyway. Just cuz okay. I have it on I'm on the list. Um somebody might Of course, uh BP may be the only person that remembers that song besides us right now. Ooh, I see. I don't remember it. I L.E.J. Think. snuck in <gasps> here at oh, the bottom there. Oh, no. J, <laughs> Call in, girl. Um You don't remember the song, Turn, Turn, Turn?
1: Well, I thought there were two of them. They were talking last night like there's two versions or something.
0: Well, there's actually three. There's, uh, oh gosh, I want to say somebody's Seeger, Barry Seeger, not Bob Seeger. Um, Let me click Ellie J in here. Hello, Ellie J. Late as usual. <laughs> Hi, well, everybody. Hey. <laughs> you So so is my uh, check from the government, so what can I say?
3: <laughs> it runs in the family, that's all I can say.
0: <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, it <still> <laughs> does. <laughs> some things are a curse and then some things are...
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll take the good with the bad. Yeah, we <laughs> just learn to live with them, right? Yeah, I suppose. Well, good to hear from you.
3: Well, thanks. Good to glad be you're here. here. Hey, Crimson. How hey, are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm so
1: glad you're here. <laughs>
0: well, Eric's, Eric's running behind time, so... Um, <laughs> Eric's late. Where's Dennis? He's on... Uh, he's on... Uh, Vacation. What, yeah, but again, no, well, I'm it, just joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, he gets, yeah, he, I don't know why he gets all the time off, but he's on uh, spring break uh, with him. his granddaughter, and they went up to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So,
3: he's got a granddaughter, uh, yeah, he seems too young to have grandchildren. Young,
0: yeah. uh, well, let's not, not, not talk young. about his age <laughs> because,
3: all right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, say no more, yeah, because.
0: <laughs> When we talk about Dennis's age, then we have an understanding of what his father's age is. So
3: mm, this is true. Well, y'all were talking about music. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh,
0: well, last night we had talked about uh, Eric brought this song up, "Turn, Turn, Turn," and then the fact that the the lyrics were from uh, a Bible or a Bible. <laughs> it's from the Bible. <laughs> uh, well, one of them, Gideon's, or I don't know. No, but, I know. Um, I think all the lyrics are from a bi- from the Bible, yeah. mm-hmm. and we were trying to decide. He said which book it was from, and I was thinking he said Ecclesiastes.
2: Yeah,
1: I think so.
0: But, but anyway, so I found the song and I have it ready to play tonight, and I was going to play it in the beginning. And Eric's not here, so... Wow, oh, you're saving
3: it for him. <laughs> well,
0: you know, he I'll save it for a little while, but eventually we're going to play it tonight, one way or the other.
3: Is it the Mamas and Papas?
0: No, it's actually the Birds. Oh, the uh,
3: Birds, that's right. The
0: uh, from birds. 1965, so I was just a wee thing back then.
3: Oh, man, that's why I got it wrong. I'm just
0: before me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> My dreams. Oh,
0: BP says Eric still is slightly... All right. Well, he has an excuse. What can I say? Um. So where was I going? I was go. Oh, I hadn't gone anywhere yet. We were no. talking about burn, turn, turn, <laughs> turn, burn, burn, burn. Um. We
2: were all heading right,
1: toward Supreme Court.
0: Yeah, we're heading towards the Supreme Court. All right. So the next thing I was going to talk about here is the uh, Supreme Court Justice issues warning to Democrats. You know, the Democrats have been hinting that uh, they're thinking about packing the court. In fact, that was a subject during, uh, it, I guess, it, I don't know that ever came up in the, the debates. Uh, how many debates did Donald Trump have with Joe Biden? Was it one or two? I don't remember. I
1: think it was two. One was yeah. in person and then they, one, I don't remember.
0: Yeah, they weren't very memorable. Uh, but no. anyway, they had talked about the possibility of wanting to pack the court so they could dilute the uh, conservative views on the court. So um, on Tuesday of this week, liberal Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, and he's a liberal, warned Democrats to think long and hard about their dream of expanding, basically packing the Supreme Court with additional leftist judges to overpower the conservative justices vote. During a lecture at Harvard Law School, Breyer warned that the court's authority is based on the public's trust that is guided by legal principle, not politics. He said, if the public sees justices as politicians in robes, its confidence in the courts and the rule of law itself can only diminish, diminishing the court's power, including its power to act as a check on the other branches. I thought that was pretty good coming from a liberal judge
3: pretty, pretty wise can, can yeah. i can i say two words yes you may too late
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it hadn't been done yet
3: no 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 it's oh, the, well. the, saying the words are too late because i think a lot of people's uh confidence that yeah. it really is checks and balance and fair i really don't think they need to pack the courts after what the court has done since no you know november yeah,
2: 4th.
0: i agree Well, yeah, even people that uh, Trump installed on the court uh, did not actually, you know, vote the way that I guess we would have expected them to. But then again, you know, liberals were so confident that, you know, Trump's choices would only make the court just so conservative that, you know, everything would go the way that Republicans wanted it to go. And that has not panned out that way. So, you know well, maybe this is true, what Stephen Breyer is saying.
1: Well, maybe there's a little integrity in the court, you know I would hope. yeah, I would,
0: I would hope would. that if you get to that position in your life that that even if you might have leanings of your own that that uh, that you could you know I, I don't know, just do do your job, do what you were put there to do.
3: You know, I just, I'm just i just about done with reading an autobiography uh, by Clarence Thomas. It really is an interesting book. He's had an interesting life. And I like him. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think, I think he's, a, he's level-headed. He's constitutionalist, it seems. Right. Um, so I think there is a couple of good people. Him and Alito. Um, Roberts is Worthless. In
2: yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I'm,
3: I'm, I mean, I hate, I'm i not trying to be negative, but, I mean, he's made some really poor decisions between Obamacare and no standing when Texas and some other states brought some issues recently. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I, I would love to think that this comment by this one that you mentioned is, it's a hopeful thing. I'll, I'll yeah. try to be
0: optimistic. Well, it is when it comes. I think anytime that you have a liberal speak out against what um, liberals are being perceived as doing or what they we know they want to do. Same thing about uh, Bernie Sanders. I mentioned a minute ago that he was critical of Twitter and social media uh, shutting down Donald Trump and, and trying to limit people's access to free speech, which is kind of weird coming from a guy who really wants the government to run everything.
3: And when did
0: but, he say that? Um, he said that in response. Uh, it was in response to um, when they banned Donald Trump. Um,
3: oh, so he said it back then. Okay. Yeah. He, I missed that.
0: Yeah. He he said that he did not feel particularly comfortable with the censorship of a political view. Um, he said yesterday it was Donald Trump who was banned and tomorrow it could be somebody else who has a different point of view. So he said, I I don't like giving. Can I pick? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's, you know, and I just, I get a little bit encouraged when I hear people say stuff like that, almost like I get encouraged with uh, that Senator Joe Manchin uh, from West Virginia that seems to be helping us a little bit, keeping the Democrats from just running roughshod over, over the Senate. I uh, don't know how long he'll keep it up, but he doesn't seem to be intimidated by by the powers that be right now. So, Well,
3: didn't didn't um, the Biden administration offer Manchin's wife a position? I don't know. Check that out. I think I heard that uh, a while, not too long ago, just maybe within <laughs> the last week or two.
0: Well, it hadn't changed his vote yet or it hadn't changed his position yet. I think mm. he's balking against, uh, is it the NRA, uh, NRA, the,
3: filibuster, um,
0: the gun, the gun control thing that, uh, well, no, he's not doing that as a bill yet. Maybe it's the, uh, it's the filibuster.
3: The, I know. I, well, I know he's speaking out about, they shouldn't
0: do away know, with it,
3: do away with the filibuster, but I don't know about anything else, which is good. They shouldn't. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> anyway, so people like that, give me a little bit of hope. Yeah. All we need is one or two people, to especially in the Senate, to help us out and keep it from going nuts. Um, let's see. The rest of that article was, of course, that wouldn't matter to people who, who are for diminishing the court's power to check the other branches, is the whole point. And other SCOTUS news on Monday, the Supreme Court dismissed former President Trump's appeal of a ruling that it was unconstitutional for him to block trolls. I didn't even know this was an issue from his white house Twitter account. So evidently it went to the Supreme court that Trump was trying to block trolls. Um, The court ruled it mute since he's no longer president. Well, that makes sense. And speaking of Clarence Thomas, however, while justice Clarence Thomas agreed with the ruling, he also made an important point that could form the basis for future needed reforms of laws governing these two powerful social media sites. Law courts ruled that Trump couldn't block critics from what was considered a public forum because it was unconstitutional, uh, because it was... Hmm. Sometimes these reporters, sometimes... <laughs> Because it was unconstitutional viewpoint discrimination, I guess is what they're saying. Yet Thomas noted that Twitter, a private company, later blocked the president from his own Twitter account and therefore blocked all Twitter users from interacting with his messages or his responses to you know, some of those uh, comments. So Thomas asked how the law can find that First Amendment protections apply to a forum in which unbridled control of the account resided in the hands of a private property. (laughs) Noting the power of platforms such as Twitter to cut off speech, Thomas warned that the Supreme Court will soon have no choice but to address how our legal doctrines apply to highly concentrated, privately owned information infrastructure such as digital platforms. Let's hope that happens very soon since the obvious uh, Democrat congress will never act as long as the social media giants censorship are to their political advantage so it sounds like that uh clarence thomas is saying you know the court may have to look into this and consider that uh, social media uh or digital platforms are actually you know not not performing the way they should be so i think that's
3: that it, that's great, but would, would someone have to um, bring a case before the Supreme Court for the Supreme Court to look at it? Or can they initiate their own action without a case?
0: Huh. Hmm. Well, thinking back on my two weeks of law experience. Um, <laughs>
3: oh, good. Some good uh, advice is coming, I tell. <laughs> Fifty
0: years ago, and I used to watch uh, uh, Judge Judy.
3: Perry Mason. I,
0: <laughs> yeah, I did watch Perry Mason, and oh well, my favorite was uh, Matlock. Uh, oh, I love yeah. Matlock. But I, I would imagine you would have to—it would have to be a case come up uh, up to the Supreme Court because I don't—I don't think they have any power outside of
2: yeah,
3: I don't of, think yeah of
0: cases that are brought uh, in front of them. So yeah, I didn't
3: think so. So he can't But I'm sure really...
0: there's a lot of people that would do it.
3: I'm yeah, sure. there should
1: be a list.
0: Um, while well, it's no surprise what liberals want to do to this country, they're, they're like in hyperdrive, uh, since they won the election, uh, just, <laughs> just a few months ago, I, I, I started to use the word that I was, I was afraid I'd get censored for, but, um, steel, uh, it's like, oh. this is the best <laughs> chance we'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> to change yep. our, this country. Yep. Oh, can you hear me out there?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, don't you? I mean, I get the feeling that they've crammed so much in the last uh, three months. It's it's unbelievable how many things they are trying to get passed so quickly. You know, and part of my belief is they're trying to get it done, um, you know, before 2022 rolls around. And, and, you know, we have election issues to deal with. Of course, again, and I'll say this almost every time it comes up in my mind: if this voting rights bill passes in Congress, or well, it passes Congress if it passes the Senate, um, we're in trouble anyway.
3: Because
0: mm-hmm. it'll yeah. it'll negate anything any state law that there is that exists. So,
3: well, I would imagine that there will be states, maybe that might band together to bring a case to the supreme court about that and the legality of them overriding the constitution
0: i i agree with you i think there's enough um republican attorney generals in the states uh, and they've already proven that they're willing to go up against the government on issues like immigration there are several states that are suing the the federal government over uh, well they they always say joe biden administration but uh, they're bringing lawsuits against the government because of the border situation. So yeah. I have no doubt that they wouldn't sue. You know, if if they pass HR one, there'll be a lot of a lot of challenges to that contest.
3: I think so too. That doesn't mean that it'll end up good, but I think there will be a lot of challenges to it, and maybe they'll stretch out past twenty twenty two.
0: Well, yeah. I'm I'm hoping. All I can do is hope at this point in time, and say a little prayer here and there that. am um,
3: just going to add the prayer word.
0: Yeah. There's some civility in, in in the court, and then and some of the Democrat senators. I I just cannot believe that all of those senators believe in that voting rights bill that the House passed. It's just it's inconceivable. So. But our little uh, newly elected senator from one of the newly elected from Georgia, Warnock, he's already tweeted several times that people need to to get behind and and contact their representatives and tell them we need to pass that bill. I'm sure you do. Then you might get to stay in office. Otherwise, you're history, fella. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, You'll be back on your daytime job, which, you know, supposedly was the... uh, head pastor at the Ebenezer Baptist Church.
3: Oh, that's
2: right.
0: Yep. Martin Luther King's old church.
3: Yep. God, he's probably rolling over in his grave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. Yeah, sometimes people ought to ask themselves, is this the way King would have approached this? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of dispute about that. Okay, that's all I had on that.
3: Okay. okay. What's next? What's next? <laughs> uh. Well, um,
1: I was going to talk a little bit. We've been talking about cancel culture a lot lately. And um, sometimes I think when that comes up and it's called cancel culture, that it's actually uh, that we're really being denied rights. And it's not cancel culture. I know sometimes um, Eric talks about things that are going on on the podcast, on different podcasts and people getting um, what is it that he says they get shut down or
0: cancelled uh
1: yeah, all of is the it... above, yeah, and they can't actually put on their their shows, so um. And Eric was kind of making reference one night of uh, council culture, but I really think that's more about our rights, about the, our right for free speech and being able to express our opinions. And why do they have the right to not allow us just to say whatever it is that we want to say? If we want to call it a fraud election, then we should be able to do that and not not be worried about it. That's our Right.
3: Well, you know, I think one of the reasons, maybe why we're seeing so much of this cancel culture stuff, which that's just a nice way of saying everything what you just described. I think you know people people are doing that because they don't they want to shut the debate down. You know if you notice there's no discussion, there's no debate, there's it's it's one way only, one way thought. And if anybody deviates from that thought, that's when they get canceled, um, and it's destructive to their entire life. It could be their jobs, it could be whatever that they lose.
2: Right.
3: Their, you know, their their credibility, their standing in the community, whatever. And it's really sad. But it's there's no debate about anything anymore. Right. Because then- if you if you don't follow the narrative, whatever that narrative may be right or wrong what's wrong with having a discussion and putting it out on the table for
1: exactly and then when they start uh one one company or one person sometimes it's like everybody piles on and then you've got you know a, a bunch of companies or a bunch of people going after something and uh you know, with these individuals, it sometimes can be about their safety. Not only are they losing jobs or being shunned by their family and friends or losing apartments. We read stories about people actually uh, finding out where people live and petitioning the apartment community. And But these people's safety is also at stake. You know, there's things happen. And That's how true. can you be a part of something like that, and then something more serious happens to these people, and uh, they have to sometimes even get off social media
3: altogether. There's a gal I, have- I heard on the radio, and she's running for a Texas, it's either the House or the Senate, I can't remember which. She's replacing somebody that retired, and um, or she's running to replace somebody that retired, and she's conservative, she's an Asian woman. She's 42, very well spoken. she worked for Trump in some area I don't know what. But she came out, I can't remember what it was, but she came out against something that got everybody all riled up on the other side. and she started getting death threats, like oh, wow. you know, going after her kids. Uh, she's not stopping. she's not standing down, but it's just it's just ridiculous.
1: It is. Well, you know, we used to call this bullying, and they've just changed the uh, terminology. But when you really start thinking about what's happening and people trying to, uh, you know, it's we're bullying people. It's, it really boils down to we're making their life so miserable by so many people joining in and, and condemning them on social media that it's just outright bullying. And what it used to be when people were getting bullied, we were all in it together to fight bullying. right? Yeah, So cancel culture is the same thing.
0: Well, and that's that's something that you know liberals used to speak out of uh, they like to use that um, talking about bullying, and it always seems like it's when it it's uh, against a liberal. Or a liberal cause, but I wonder. I have this thought. Do you do you think you saw a change when Maxine Waters started talking so strongly when Trump first took office, and and she was telling people, you know, you need to get in their face, uh, any Trump supporters or people mm. who work for Trump in his in the, in the White House, and and tell them they're not wanted here. I mean, I think. That, for me, was a point where I saw that kind of thing escalate, where all of a sudden, if you work for the opposing side or you or you support the opposing side, you no longer have rights in this country anymore. They're all going right. to shut you down, and there is no discussion. They say that you're a racist, or they say that you're a bigot, or they say whatever they want to call you, and there's no discussion. Yeah. There's no... N- she started to it, defend but yourself. then
1: everybody kind of climbed on that trip too and were outspoken about Trump and 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 Republicans in general and things that should happen to us or shouldn't happen to us and and I do think it started uh, with some of those outspoken senators, ex-senators,
3: mayors whatever they were. But I think you can even go further back than that. I mean, think about Jesse Jackson. And how <laughs> I he try was-
0: not to. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to.
3: <laughs> Nightmares. Um, <laughs> you know how he would go after a, co- a company? Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. did, he, did, he did that years and yeah. years ago. Um, they would go after, they would, and they were so organized and they really would cause some major damage to some companies that didn't do their bidding.
0: Well, I, I got a story that I'm going to talk about a little bit after we do some of the regular stuff. And it's kind of along that same line. And it's, and they're they're trying to do that again in Georgia. It seems like that we're going to be the testing grounds for some of this stuff now, uh, mm-hmm. again. Uh, but yeah, Jesse Jackson. Then I don't know um, anybody that ever watches Fox. Probably not as much as I do, and I don't watch it as much as I used to because no more. But don't I don't have the time. But um, it's so repetitive. So you know, it's it's hard to find some kind of new story in there but anyway there's this guy named Leo Terrell he's he's <laughs> a black civil rights lawyer and probably three years ago when he would come on Sean Hannity's show I mean he was he hated Donald Trump he, he never had anything good I don't know he hated him but he never had anything good to say about him and it was always negative this negative that and then somewhere uh, I would say before 2020, maybe in the fall of 2019, I started seeing a change and and he explained that and that he saw what the Trump policies were doing for minority communities and especially black communities. And he saw a difference in what Trump's policies, uh, what a difference they made compared to what the Democrats have been doing for 50 years. So, now he's, you know, he wears the MAGA hat and of course he did all through the campaign and, and the reason that made me think about this, because you said Jesse Jackson and Leo Terrell said one time, now this is coming from a civil rights lawyer. That's all he's ever done all of his life. He said, people like Jesse Jackson don't want us to fix the race problem in this country, because once you fix the race problem, then there's no need for Jesse Jackson. Or True. some of the other race mongers who want to keep, you know, uh, races fighting each other in this country because it gives them a purpose. It, uh, it gives them a nice living.
3: Like Al Sharpton. There's another one.
0: Al Sharpton. And, yeah. you know, I, all I'm doing is repeating what Leo... I mean, I have those same thoughts myself, and I've thought them for years before I ever heard Leo say them. But I don't know it for a fact because I don't know Jesse Jackson personally. I don't know what's in his heart. But... You know, these same people have been saying the same things for so many years. You got to ask the question: Why weren't some of these things resolved a long time ago? It's not for lack of raising money.
3: Exactly. So. Exactly.
0: I um, b- but now Leo Leo Trell is, you know, he's 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 funny.
3: He's because, just
1: can fired up, boy.
0: Oh, I mean, if Whoop. you. If you put some, uh, if they have somebody on Fox uh, who is a uh, liberal and they're trying to criticize Trump or they're criticizing conservatives, uh, Leo jumps in there and says, yeah, yeah. So what have, what have the Democrats done for black people in this country since 1965? And what did Barack Obama do in eight years? What did Bill people? Clinton do? Uh, well...
3: <laughs> I know, we don't want to go into that. Well, never mind. <laughs> so, you're going to go
0: back to the 90s. Well, I... Hmm. You know...
3: You know this, Leo Terrell was on... I heard his name just on the radio this evening. Um, I guess he was on somebody's show and he was debating Geraldo Rivera. Yeah. <laughs> about what was going on in St. Louis with the newly elected um, mayor there. Mayor.
0: You know... Yeah poor a Le- uh, poor Geraldo. <laughs> you know
1: he's a mess
0: he is and um well if it's
1: not Bongino after him now it's Terrell so
0: yeah i think they yeah Don, dan bongino was give, always he and leo would get in uh some wars of words but... but
1: Geraldo says some of the dumbest things you know he's he starts making a point and you're right there with him and then all of a sudden, you're like, "What did he just say?" You know, it's I don't know what happens to him.
0: <laughs> I I think compassion. I think he's a compassionate person, and I think sometimes that compassion overrules common sense for him. And he says these things that just contradict the statement that he was making a minute yeah. before. Absolutely. Uh, especially, you know, he's very sensitive about the immigration issues, and 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 compassionate for all these people that are coming across the border, which, you know, if, if you get right down to it, a lot of people are, but, um, it's, it's, it's beyond that now the, the problem at the border. So, but anyway, that was, you mentioned Jesse Jackson and I don't hear that name too often, but Leo said he's just basically somebody who has no real interest in getting the race issues settled in this country. And, Mm-mm. And if the Democrats really wanted to fix it, and even Republicans, the, you know, Republicans have been in power for a number of years. It shouldn't take 50 years. But then Leo, Leo will tell you, or he says every time that he's on there, you know, I know the improvements in, in race relations in this country. And he said, and they're trying to tell us that there's a, a, a huge problem still. And he says, folks, they're lying to you. He looks straight at the camera and says, they're lying to you. It doesn't mean that everything is great in all areas of race relations, but it's not the '60s and the '70s and the '80s.
1: No, so there's always room for improvement, and there, you know we all should be striving to make those improvements and be aware of things that should change. But yeah, it, it's—I don't feel like it's anywhere back in the '60s. My goodness, I
0: mean. Well, it's you know it it like last night, Ellie uh, J. We were talking about there's a school in in uh, Portland, Oregon that was going to use uh, somebody suggested using the pine tree as one of the symbols for the. They renamed the school. It was <laughs> called Woodrow Wilson Wilson High, and they had to rename it. And they named it after a civil rights uh lady that was very prominent, and and that's that's fine. But they. We're going to use a pine tree, and somebody suggested, "Well, that uh or they call it an evergreen tree." They said that's probably not the best thing to do because that's a symbol of racism. <laughs> a, yeah,
3: a, I heard that too. That, that's where, because of hangings,
0: right? And then, of course, a lot of people chimed in, and you'll look on Twitter. Uh, the argument was, uh, you know, really uh, evergreen trees aren't aren't designed. They're they're not <laughs> they're not built that way. So no. <laughs> this thing about making it a tree is it's just now it's evolved to a tree. Next it'll be a bird or, mm-hmm. or you know I wish
3: I wish people would stand up to that nonsense. It's just so nonsense.
0: Well, there's no if you don't, there's no end to it exactly. because basically it'll boil down to anything anybody objects to for whatever grounds all you have to do is tie it to racism and then that's a way to kill it they don't they don't even have a a legitimate argument about it
3: no
2: uh,
0: or or argument or discussion i should say with someone about it they just say it's racist and we're not going to use it so
3: did did anybody hear the um the comment that charles barkley made recently about, about I, race relations. It was so good. It was so good. This is a positive thing. He, um, I'm, I'm looking at it now. This is what he said. This is a quote from uh, Charles Barkley. He says, I truly believe in my heart most white people and most black people are awesome people, but we're so stupid following politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. I think the system is set up where our politicians where they design it to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp of money and power and I you know when you think about that it's really really true people are people and most people will just get along with each other just fine there's exceptions I'm not Pollyanna here but I'm just saying most it's like you said it's not the sixties most people get along with each other but there are those in the political field and in the media that stir it up, rivalry or false things, false images. Like we can't name our mascot the Evergreens because of hanging. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's it's that's really lame. But some people will go into that and say, "Oh my God, it's true." <laughs> I mean, I mean, but really, what Charles Barkley is saying is. Cut the nonsense. Quit following what the politicians and the media is driving us apart. And let's start thinking about things that can bring us more together.
1: That and just, you know, think. Don't let people just tell you how to feel or how to think about things, you know. Have your own thoughts. And what are you experiencing? And, you know. Exactly. Good
0: point. I only have one qualifier. and. In- of people in my life, people that I encounter, and that's how you treat me. If, um, you know, I I have no preconceived idea of of who anybody is the first time I meet them or I encounter them on the street. I've never had a problem. And Mm -hmm. I have lots of customers from a variety of backgrounds, um, and I've never had a problem. I've always had good experiences with people. Well, there was one, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, there was it, the one woman. Yeah, the one that's
0: just, and, and it, it, it was, certainly wasn't a race issue. It was just totally um, a drug issue, I think. But um, it's, I just don't see that much. And I get around a lot, uh, not as much now oh. as I used to. You but I mean, I've, a been, now, yeah, I've heard that counted, about him. I've encountered a lot of people in my lifetime because of the businesses I've been in. I just, you know, people like each other as long as you're respectful to each other. And, you know, you don't have to agree with everything that somebody else believes in.
2: It's but exactly if you treat true. them with
0: respect and, and, and treat them like a human being, I, I, there's no reason not to get along.
3: I have a lot of friends that don't see eye to eye with everything that I believe. But we're still really good friends because we have a lot of things we do agree on and that can unite us. And we can we can actually even sometimes, with some of them, have some decent discussions about it. And it doesn't deter our friendship, you know. Um, so I think it's you don't want a bunch of clones walking around. We want to have people with different ideas and different views and being able to talk about it and... Um, laugh about it maybe, and even maybe come up with a solution to them. But uh, I'm with you, Donald Wayne. I think, you know, myself too. I used to be in sales, and I dealt with a ton of different people. I never had a problem.
0: No. I, I just truly. It, it, I, and, and, of course, I'm sure there's areas in the country, and there's certain uh, economic Areas of the country, you know, and especially in cities where maybe things life isn't great for some people, but uh, and that may have a difference, have an effect on how people interact with each other or who blames who for what. Mm. But uh, one thing I always want to point out: um, most of the uh, socially depressed areas and or economically depressed areas in this country are in Democrat cities.
3: That's something I never really understood. Like you take a state like Texas, okay? Basically, it's a Republican state, but the big cities are all run by Democrats. Now, how does that happen in a voting situation?
0: <laughs> I think I've I've given my opinion on that before. And
3: I must have missed that one.
0: Yeah, you probably missed that one. Should I do that one again, Crimson? <laughs> Uh-oh.
3: Yeah. You don't have to repeat yourself for me. But
2: I- well,
0: no, it's, it's really in a nutshell. You know, cities get to the point where people don't want to, you know, families don't want to live in the cities anymore. They go out, they move away from the city in order to, you know, have a, a I don't Yard. Know, Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> but,
0: First
3: crime.
0: I mean, I'm looking at the interior of Atlanta and I, for a, a good period of time, I had a lot of, a lot of customers in Atlanta and in some of the older neighborhoods as well. And they were beautiful neighborhoods. But the crime was so bad down there. Uh, and they were trying to revitalize it. And they were trying to get new young families moving in. And they would buy these old houses. But the crime was still there. And, and the violence and and the things that would happen. and And so people move away from that. They move out to the suburbs so they can get away from it. And then what you have left in the cities. I mean, Atlanta... Hasn't had a white mayor since uh, nineteen seventy one or seventy two, or I don't believe there's been a Republican. Um, I don't. I can't remember the last Republican mayor. Of course, I'm. No, but but, the thing,
3: but the, I understand what you're saying, and those are all good points. But I, I guess there's the population is still just even after all the the migration out of the big cities, you know, the uh, white flight or whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess there's still such a large population, and they keep voting them Democrats. But well, yeah. there's not enough of them to turn the state Democrat.
0: Well, yeah. and you in Atlanta, you have a lot of white people that vote Democrat. Uh, that's what's a lot. There's a lot of liberals left inside the city limits of Atlanta that vote with liberals. I mean, they they just pretty much. I mean, I don't think a Republican ever has a chance, and and occasionally you'll have uh, someone white run for mayor of Atlanta, but we have not had a white mayor of Atlanta in, I guess, fifty years. What would I guess that would be about fifty years?
3: But you Forty know, that, something. But that doesn't really matter.
0: It doesn't matter except that, you know, Republicans get blamed for everything that goes wrong or conservatives get blamed for everything that goes wrong economically with an area. And, uh, and they talk about, uh, gosh, I don't know how to segue into that. You know, people being open to letting all kinds of ideas come in, but yet if you will never consider the, uh, having another Republican mayor in the city of Atlanta, the politics are always going to be the same. I mean, I think the only decent mayor, well, I I guess Shirley Franklin wasn't too bad. I don't think she had too much uh, going against her. Uh, Like some of them, we've we've had some outright people doing criminal things in Atlanta over the years. Um, And who was the, um, Andrew Young was probably my favorite mayor of Atlanta. And that's back when we got the Olympics back in the 90s. He was part of the reason that we, we got the Olympics. I say we, I don't live in Atlanta, but people think I live in Atlanta. So it's just the politics never get any better. And, and they keep doing the same thing, and they wonder why things don't get better. That's, that's my point. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that, you know, and then, and then of course, the thing, thing has happened to the county that I'm in. A lot of that Atlanta politics, because some of those people, some of those liberals that want to get away from the crime and everything that they don't like about living in, in close to Atlanta, they move out, but they drag the politics with them. Hell yeah. The, the people that are moving here from California because of the movie industry in Atlanta, they're bringing their politics with them. And so the very thing that drew them here, they're going to destroy, in my opinion because they'll, they'll want these liberal policies to be part of the way of life here. Well, liberal policies is not what made this industry viable here in Georgia. It was conservative thinking and conservative policies and conservative tax issues that allowed them to come here. And, and yeah, I just think they're going to destroy it. So
3: ditto for Texas.
0: I'm I'm off the soapbox. I'm so far off of <laughs> off the outline here, I don't know if I can
3: what I get can. back get back on track.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: Well, we haven't done this day in history or calendar days.
0: Okay. Well let me do something let me get into that. Maybe I'll have a bright note here.
2: Yeah. In
0: case I'm depressing anybody. But, <laughs> um and where is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> um so i'm going to do abbreviated this day in history since dennis lee's not here to do the regular version um on april now of course like the national calendar days i'm doing well it's officially the ninth now right we're right. six months after midnight okay so today <laughs> april the 9th 1965 the first baseball game ever to be played indoors was played in what stadium
1: Indoors.
0: Indoors. Uh, I
1: don't know. Mm. BP, you know? (laughs) I have no
3: idea.
0: It was played in the Astrodome in Houston, Texas.
3: He said you looked it up, didn't you?
1: No, he didn't have it? No.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, good for you. He's just smart. Uh, You know who the game was played by? Uh, It was... uh, You have that part? I think one of them is obvious. Since it was in the Astrodome. Yeah, there you go. Uh, It was the Astros and uh, the New York Yankees. Played the first indoor game ever. And that was was. in the Astrodome. I I didn't remember the Astrodome was the first covered stadium, but I guess I should since I'm from Texas. Who won? Um, the next thing is on April the ninth, nineteen sixty-three. What? I'm sorry. You're ignoring, you say? You're, I
3: wanted to know who won the game.
0: <laughs> oh, it doesn't say.
3: <laughs> oh, rats.
0: Okay. We'll just pretend the Astros won. Okay. Which, which would have been an anomaly, but um, so <laughs> April the ninth, nineteen sixty-three. What British citizen was made an honorary citizen of the United States? Anybody want to take a guess at that?
1: gee
3: whiz um i don't have a clue was it posthumously or was it somebody that was living he's
0: still alive it was a famous british citizen that was made an honorary citizen of the united states on april the 9th 1963 how
3: many famous sean connery no Um, the queen (laughs)
0: <laughs> the queen i don't know that she would accept
3: uh
0: that would that would be a, a good eric. trick hey there's eric um uh paul mccartney Do you want me to give it to you because we're, yeah. we're it's it's winston churchill
1: oh good
3: grief
0: <laughs> well you know i said famous british citizen i didn't I really remember he was still alive in 1963 but
3: that's what I was asking, because I, I thought yeah. it probably wasn't. Yeah.
0: I got a little bit on that also in the National Calendar Day, so we'll get to that in a minute. On uh, April the 9th, 2005, Prince Charles married who?
3: Diana. Diana. Eh. No? Well, oh, that oh horrible, what's this? Yeah,
0: because she had died in the 1990s.
3: Oh, that's right. Camille? Camille. Camilla.
2: Camilla. Uh,
0: yeah, Camilla. <laughs> So, that was his second marriage, and that made uh, their marriage, or Prince Charles' marriage, the first member of the British royal family to have a civil wedding. How about that?
1: Yep, yep. Hey, Slightly.
0: So, um, and that was, uh, let's see, one more thing, April the 9th, 1860. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask I remember you this. <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm not going to even ask. That was... Uh, at the world's that was the world's first recording of the human voice in uh, 1860 by the French inventor uh, I have to do better than Dennis Lee does these things Edouard Leon Scott de Martinville <laughs> oh, that was a pretty goodness. easy one for a French name spoken
3: oh, um, what, what like a true Texan
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, did hmm?
1: he sing what did he record
0: uh, you guessed it oh <gasps> So using using his uh let me click Eric in here. Uh using his phono autograph
4: Hi, which was hey, what Eric. it
0: was called. Good, the good evening, earliest, good evening ladies. <laughs> <laughs> hey Eric. The earliest known sound recording device, uh and he captured himself singing the French folk song. <laughs> Ah, Claire de la Lune.
2: Yeah,
1: you have a horrible French accent.
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to do a French accent. Venice oh. is the one that does all those things. Hey, I know I can't do it, so I'm just gonna do it Texas style. <laughs> no well, the drawl. Yeah, no, no pun intended. Careful, careful, Crimson.
1: <laughs> I've been living not- with that drawl a
2: long time.
0: <laughs> so that was all of the national. Uh, whatever that was. That was this day in history, more or less. Yeah, we're we're
1: Eric. Eric we're, just gave you a present.
0: Oh, thank you, Eric. Uh, I have a present for you later too, uh, <laughs> which I was gonna do about an hour ago. Um, <laughs> <Surprised> You
3: remembered. <laughs> not, not that I have.
0: Not, no, that's fine. I, I, I did. I have something for you, Eric. Shortly. But don't get excited because it's not anything that you could spend. But uh, So national calendar days for today, Friday, April the 9th, are it's National Cherish and Antique Day. Um, if you have an antique that you want to cherish, and I'm not talking about a person in your life, but it's um, it's a day touted to seek the deeper story behind treasures and family heirlooms. It reminds us there is more to an antique besides dollar signs. (laughs) Um, It had kind of a neat little story here. It said, Grandma explained she stood in line for hours to have her copy of her favorite book signed by the author, only to have the author stop signing right before her turn. And yet she has a signed copy. Well, you might learn that Grandpa went back the next day and stood in line again to get the book signed for her. Then Aww. he tucked an engagement ring between the pages so it Aww. poked out of the top and gave it to her on one knee.
2: Aww. So
0: so it's just saying if you, you know, there's stories to antiques and and things like that in your life. So Sweet. that kind of makes it neat when you
1: Sweet. Well, we heard a story um yeah. just this week. Uh Oh, yes. Yes, Yes. and it was a really beautiful story about how an antique got from one location on back of a wagon to another location, and uh, it's a beautiful piece of furniture, and maybe it's, you know, it was a really, really sweet story about this lady's parents, and when they were young and got this piece of furniture, and. How it had to be moved on the back of a wagon all the way up into the mountains.
0: <sighs> behind a mule, probably. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, knowing that part of Tennessee at that uh, at that time frame. Yeah, I know. There, I mean, there's always stories behind those antiques. Yeah. Um,
1: you You got to know antique people to get those stories.
0: I guess you do. <laughs> the people themselves. crimson. Have to be antique. <laughs> uh, what? What is the age? Consider. Well, I thought it was a hundred. You had to be at least a hundred years old to be considered antique. And that not for furniture. A- I mean.
3: <laughs> no, it's uh, fifty. Fifty. Yeah.
0: Oh. Okay. Well, I, I hope it's not gotta that gotta way lot- with people.
3: Man, I got a lot of antiques around my house. If it's only fifty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> All right, so it's also National Chinese Almond Cookie Day, and I read this mm. thing, and there wasn't one mention of why they call it Chinese Almond Cookie Day. So, uh, it's just a bunch of cookies with almond on the top. Um, so I'm not really going to say anything else about that because I was disappointed it didn't have a <laughs> a story about, you know, coming up in China. Uh, it's National Former Prisoner of War Recognition Day, which that's, that's a serious subject, but mm. it honors the courageous men and women who have endured brutal treatment at the hands of their captors. As a result, they've also suffered separation from family and displayed incredible endurance and faith during their captivity. On this day in 1942, the largest number of U.S. forces were captured by the Japanese troops in Bataan Peninsula in the Philippines. The captured troops are forced to march sixty five miles to the prison camp. It didn't give the number of number of prisoners captured that day, but it it, um, it what they say on down in the article makes me think it had to be in the thousands. Without medical attention, food, or water, thousands thousands of uh, these troops died. The mistreatment continued for those who survived the brutal journey in the compounds deep in the unfamiliar jungle the hardship brutality and suffering lasted more than 2 years
1: okay since, so when you start out and you know it's a sad story you mm-hmm. and Dennis both do Dennis Lee both do this and then you continue <laughs> to read the story
0: <laughs> well i think it's important since oh. we, to, to to pay pay respect to to all of these people that have endured so much you know to make this country great and help it survive one little more paragraph hang in there with me since the revolutionary war over a half a million service members have been captured this number does not reflect those lost or never recovered however each pow endures conditions much like much like the ones described above these heroes deserve a day of recognition one of my favorite old time movies, since we, we always tend to segue back into an old time movie, is called The Bridge Over the River Kwai. And I think it um, it's a great movie about POWs and uh, what they have to endure and then, you know, what they have to do to survive. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, they end up getting along with their captors too much. And this story of the bridge over the river Kwai is a great story about uh, POWs and and their life experiences. And th- this was based on a true story. I don't know if everything in that was true, but uh, it's a great movie. I think it was late 50s.
1: So who's in that movie?
0: Oh, I knew you were gonna say that I think david Niven is the only one i can remember mm-hmm. uh oh golly there's another famous guy probably wouldn't be famous to anybody <laughs> <laughs> listening right this minute but um it uh golly i can't think of his name that's all right but it it's a great movie if you if you like watching old movies look at the bridge over the river choir um it's such a great story all right Nick. it's it's National Name Yourself Day. April the 9th, each year, proposes a day to reinvent our names. Actors get to try on new names all the time, so why can't we go in and try out a new name? So that's what this day is about. All right,
3: all right real
4: quickly. Well, I trying out new names like in real life would have to be done legally, but <laughs> really in Hollywood, that that's really essentially a stage name.
0: Right, they they can't use it if they're doing anything on a legal basis. But exactly, it, this thing says make make a name tag and wear it to work and put any <laughs> kind of name you want on there. I'm thinking that'll cause some commotion yeah. at the office. Yeah. But, um, and uh, wait, 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 that, yes. wait, wait! Oh, bridge yes.
3: over the river, quiet. Are you thinking of William Holden?
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you, William Holden, <laughs> famous actor.
3: Okay, sorry. Go back. Go to, ahead.
0: To us <laughs> old people, it's a famous actor, but, uh, back in the day when they actually had to act and they didn't have special effects to help prop up the movie. But yeah, William Holden. Thank you. Uh, it's national national, it's national <laughs> unicorn day. It's national day too. And, um, I'm not going to talk about unicorns cause we know what they are, <laughs> uh, or not. They're imaginary, in case anybody's wondering. Uh, The last thing on the list is National Winston Churchill Day, and that commemorates the day he was made an honorary citizen. But the thing about it is, it was in 1963, uh, in April of 1963, and John F. Kennedy was the one who presided over the uh, ceremony. But Winston Churchill did not come come to the United States, but he (laughs) sent his son and his grandson. Now, Winston Churchill is still alive, but I'm assuming that he may not have been in the best of health in the latter years of his life. Um, Um,
4: That would sound about right to me. Yeah. Because he had died probably not long after that or not long after Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. He
0: died in 1965. But the interesting thing other than, than that is that actually Churchill, its article says uniquely had roots back to Virginia by way of Brooklyn, New York. His mother was an American. Uh, really? Je- Je- Jeannie Jerome her marriage to Lord Randolph Churchill produced two children John Spencer and Winston so Winston Churchill actually you know by blood was part American so, hmm.
3: so wouldn't um, he been a U.S. citizen dual citizenship by birth um,
4: I, I believe so but he uh, would have had well, to renounce the U.S. citizenship you know in order to be British Prime Minister
0: Yeah, I I never, it it doesn't cover that, but.
4: um, Well, that would warrant further research.
0: (laughs) But yeah, the research department. Um, (laughs) But that was the first occasion in U.S. history to grant an honorary citizenship to anyone. And uh, since then, only seven others have been granted. Of those six, uh, of those seven, six have been posthumous, (laughs) posthumous. You know what I'm saying? Posthumous, and um, and then in 1996, uh, Mother Teresa was the only other living person to uh, get an honorary citizenship, and uh, so that was. Did I say Mother Teresa?
4: Yeah, yeah. well, okay. you know, and and I think the only sad story about her when she died is her death was overshadowed when Princess Diana died because they died so close together.
2: Oh, I again? don't know if anybody
4: remembered that or not.
3: Say that uh, again, Eric? I didn't because,
4: um, died, died, killed in that car accident. Oh. Um, and it's like her death was just like forgotten about.
1: Oh.
4: Um, in case nobody knew about that. I didn't know about
1: that.
3: Neither did I. All
4: right. So, yeah. and, and, we're, well, then, you know, like Chronicles of Narnia author, you know. C.S. Lewis died the exact same day Kennedy was assassinated, and his death was was largely eclipsed as well. Hmm. I love you know, C.S. and, and Lewis. that's been known to happen throughout history. Sarah sit when Michael Jackson died.
1: Just a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> he is exactly.
0: <laughs> so, Eric. Shut up, moving on. <laughs> this is for you. I slaved over this for hours. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: Everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a
5: season turn, turn, turn. And a time yeah. to every purpose, unprepared. A time to
2: be born, a time to die, a time to plan, a time
5: to read, a time to kill, a time to
2: heal, a time
5: to laugh, a time to read.
2: <laughs>
0: Was that the one you were yeah. thinking about, Eric?
4: Yeah, that that was a song because, like, we were talking about last night, me and you, and Crimson. Right. Was that the version, or
0: you you were talking about another version? I mean, it, I
4: mean, it, it was like the Bird song that was written by Pete Seeger, or something like that. Um, and, and it was based off of that biblical verse.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, there was a Pete Seeger a version, season. but his was a lot slower. <laughs> this one was actually yeah. done in. Uh, 1965 when the birds did this song
4: yeah theirs is the most iconic uh, but 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 like i said pete Seeger was the one who wrote the song for for the birds to perform
0: yeah
3: ecclesiastes three verses one through eight
0: yes (laughs) and i think that was the first time a song was ever done that way now did pete Seeger write that and perform it before the birds do you know eric i think he mostly
4: just composed it i believe okay but I and think you know, there have been other um, interpretations of it by different artists. I think, I, I could swear I saw the name Bruce Springsteen or or somebody else, you know, back in 2005 that did their interpretation of it.
0: I found a, a version by Judy Collins, but that was the only other one besides that uh, Seeger uh, and then The Bird. So uh, Judy Collins yeah. was way slower than that. So I thought I wouldn't do Judy Collins, although I like some of her songs. <laughs> All right. Anyway. I'm glad you came in so I could play that for you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so where but, are you know, we? Back
4: when songs could really tell very meaningful stories. Yes. Another well, example I, I, is like Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors that told a true story yeah. about her childhood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I just admitted last night, though, that I actually didn't know that that song, those, those words were from the Bible back in 1965. I love the song, but... Had no idea until later on in life that that's where that came from.
4: Well, Pete Seeger, when he wrote that song, he he was a musical genius, there. Uh, that, that that is for certain true.
0: <laughs> Anybody know who is a mem- a famous member of the Birds? He went on to uh, supergroup
2: mm-hmm.
0: and tick tock tick tock. David you- Crosby.
2: Oh. Uh, Crosby,
0: Stills, and Nash, and sometimes Young.
2: Huh.
0: So, the, he was a member of the Birds. Uh, I think the other two aren't aren't as well known. All right. So, uh, <laughs> moving on, we're only about uh, thirty, forty minutes behind, huh?
1: That's all right.
0: That's all right. <laughs>
1: We had a good time.
0: You're you're excited about that, aren't you, Crimson? I
1: am. I am excited. <laughs> it's a lot of
0: pressure that just been removed. And then your <laughs> Eric shoulders.
1: Come, Eric comes in late, and we talked about cancel culture, and we talked about.
4: Yeah.
1: I mean, you missed. It was a good one.
4: Well, <laughs> I'll have to listen to it on download. But speaking of cancel culture, um, me and Sightly are going to have the Free Think Institute on, you know, on mon- Monday and. Um, and and we're going to be probably mentioning cancel culture then, um, and and that's following like Cummings's culture's big interview with Juanita Broderick. So y'all definitely got to tune in for that one. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, I was just looking at a comment here from Muhammad. Um, yeah, the name of the group is the Birds, but it's B Y R D S, and they were yeah. an English group. Yeah. <clears throat>
4: I think he'd probably right. have to look up that that group and that song if if he's interested in listening to it in its entirety.
0: Yeah, they didn't they didn't last all that long. Of course, you know a lot of those groups back then those but, those know, members the were changing. Folk music was a very
4: big deal back then too. Oh, it was.
0: Yeah, Bob Dylan.
4: Yeah, you know, the Young <laughs> that, Bloods.
0: Yeah, and there um, was also the yard birds. And I wonder if the yard birds were part of the birds. Maybe they extended the birds to a yard or yeah. did they shorten it, shorten the yard birds to become the birds? I'm not sure. Oh, you Peter know. Paul That's and Mary.
4: i um, leaving on a jet plane. Um the young bloods is that like come you know that come together. Come on, people now smile on the brother and we bound to come together, learn to love one another right now. That Yay. was you said a good really sing
5: <laughs> Eric said! <Shane, yeah. laughs>
4: I had to memorize the lyrics, make sure I didn't butcher them. Let, let's give Eric the clap. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright. So I'm gonna remember that the next time we wanna do something musical, Eric. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm going to try to get this. I mean,
4: we've, we've been trying to get slightly to do a karaoke show for quite some time, but it's never really got off the ground.
0: I, I would imagine you know, Dennis and I've talked about that. And I would imagine there's a little bit of a, a little bit of issues to work out in order to do that. But I mean, you ought to hear fun. slightly
4: croon to Billy Joel's piano man. Oh really? Does he, does he
0: do that on his show?
4: Oh, he's done it once before.
0: Yeah. All right. Does he sound just like Billy Joel?
4: I mean he, he knows how to sing, I can say that.
0: <laughs> well <laughs> pressure. Uh-huh. All right, so I'm gonna try to get this story in because this one is one that aggravates me and it's it's <laughs> along that line of oh, well everything aggravates me. Yeah, but...
1: surprise, surprise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh Anyway, the truth won't stop faith leaders in Georgia from trying to punish any businesses that don't support their point of view. And this is a story from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which that's, oh, what did I just do here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I touched the screen and it just went nuts on me. Uh, You hardly ever find me using anything from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution because it's not one of those um, middle-of-the-road Uh, publications in this area but uh, occasionally they'll have something that i can use but this one is again about the georgia law but i'm not going really over the georgia law as much as i am what these people are trying to do so the article is by greg Bluestein and sheila pool says that the faith leaders delay boycott over georgia election law but still plan a protest at the Masters Golf Tournament in Augusta this week. Uh, So they had planned to do a massive boycott here in Georgia uh, against some of these corporations because they don't think they're doing enough to protest the new Georgia election law. So it says a coalition of religious leaders is tapping the brakes on plans to boycott powerful Georgia-based businesses that didn't vigorously oppose the state's new election law. Um, Bishop Reginald Jackson said Tuesday, I don't think he's related to Jesse. He will wait until (laughs) after a planned virtual meeting with the executives of some of Georgia's biggest firms and to decide whether or not to move forward with the boycott. Jackson, who is Bishop of the AME 6th Episcopal Church District, said, hopefully we won't have to give the signal. We want these companies to speak out publicly against... The um, legislation to use their lobbying resources to fight voting restrictions in other states as well to publicly support federal legislation to expand voting rights, basically the HR1 or the SR1 voting bill. Jackson and his other religious leaders planned a boycott this week to punish companies that sidestep the debate over the new voting restrictions. What debate? Since then, Coca-Cola and Delta (laughs) Airlines issued scathing statements opposing the measure and, of course, the Major League Baseball game. We all know that that was moved, Uh, the All-Star game. Uh, Some Republican supporters of the measure have promoted their own calls for boycotts of Coke, Delta, and Americans' pastime baseball. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp has said the firms caved to fear from Democrats and other critics of the changes. He went on to say, I want to be clear. I will not be backing down from this fight. We will not be intimidated and we will not be silenced. So that sounds like a new Brian Kemp since uh, the 2020 election. Of course, it could be a, a last ditch attempt to hang on. Uh, Bishop Jackson said he spoke with executives of Coca-Cola and Delta shortly before they came out against the law last week, which may be why they came out against it and that he's planning to deliver similar messages to executives with Aflac, AT&T, Home Depot, Southern company, which is our power conglomerate here in the state. Uh, UPS also during the virtual call next week. Uh, In the meantime, faith leaders plan to hold a protest soon outside the Augusta National Golf Club, which is set to stage the Masters this week. The Masters reps have so far remained silent about the election law. And, of course, now this is really where the Atlanta Journal-Constitution comes out. They say this is the same strategy that they used when confronted with criticism of the club's demographic makeup several years ago. Jackson noted that the demonstrations will highlight how Augusta National didn't invite a black player to compete in the tournament until 1975 and didn't admit its first black member until 1990. His goal, he said, is to keep the attention on Georgia during the prestigious sporting event. So uh, if you watch any of the Masters, if you're a, a fan of uh of golf of of the Masters golf tournament uh, you're probably going to see a lot of that in the news Here's what I'd like to see happen in Georgia all these people that come out and and talk against this new law there's not been one discussion there's not been one debate uh, between two people you know opposing sides about this issue I'd like to see Governor Kemp invite somebody from the other side from the liberal side to come in and have an honest discussion about each one of the facets of the law that they disagree with. And so, number one, you know, the governor can shoot them down as far as their viewpoint on, uh, on, the, um, you know, on their stance on how they think the law is, uh, is going to affect black voters in the state of Georgia. But that's probably not going to happen.
3: Well, that's exactly what I think should happen as well. To my point earlier about they cut off all debate and all discussion. If they would, if they, if they would get them on the debate stage, the liberals would lose every time because they don't deal in facts; they deal in platitudes and emotions, and lies, and maybe some other some truth every now and then, I guess. But um, they can't they can't fight a a legitimate debate. They can't hold a legitimate debate.
0: Well, I think that's why they use the word racism. I think that's why they use the words white Mm -hmm. supremacist because to them, that's the cap. That's what they say to keep you from having a discussion. Because if you argue against racism, you argue against white supremacy, you're basically, it proves their case. You're a racist. You have to be.
3: That's exactly what Charles Barkley was saying this week. Exactly. Oh, yes.
0: But that... That's what I would, and all these, you know, not just even the governor, anybody, anybody from the two sides, any Republican legislator who, who voted for this thing or helped draft it, design it, uh, and any person they want to put up. Stacey Abrams, I'd love to see her uh, mm-hmm. have have a conversation with Brian Kemp over this new law. Make her get out there and actually throw some facts out that she thinks that are true. Well, and that'd be and, great. But she's not going to do it because there's no way they could win the argument. Because everything that they've said is negative in the bill has been proven not to be a negative and not to be something that peop- that the, that Republicans are trying to put out there to suppress black vote or minority vote, if you will, in, in the state. Um, but, no, they won't have that argument. But they're still going to be on... On TV, they're still going to be on the radio. They're still going to be on the internet talking about this being a racist bill,
3: fomenting and, hate.
0: But mm-hmm. if you're afraid to to debate somebody on something, does that does that mean you're not very confident in your position? I don't know. Just saying.
3: Just saying.
0: <laughs> Come on, Stacy. You know you're going to have to debate if you're going to try to run for governor again.
3: Why don't you send? Why don't you send them both an email or contact their offices and?
0: Um, I don't know. Well, all I you people
3: get... in Georgia that's on this call, call them in and do it.
0: <laughs> well, unfortunately. All three of
3: us. Yeah. <laughs> well. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we. You know, our audience in Georgia's. Is, is uh we don't reach a lot of people in Georgia. I've been told because they're all in bed. So,
2: <laughs> well, uh, I think the only, for Eric, which is me, where I'm going to be Dennis real Lee, soon. Donald Wayne
4: Crimson and Flying Ham are our <laughs> only Georgia friends here on Pubby that we're aware of. I mean, I imagine there could probably be more out there that we don't know about.
3: Hey, yeah. it's, it's, it's quality, not quantity.
4: <laughs> well, that is true, Ellie J. But but we get plenty of Texans join us. But besides you, Ellie, um, you you've got Laura and you've got um, Lou and and Lightbride and and SQ and a, and a few few other Texas friends, Murmac and Nida and awesome. Um, you know and you know, we got plenty of friends all around. Ralph and B. Pier up in Pennsylvania. Um. um D- jess duck she's out in colorado and slightly he's out in california
0: yeah that's right i'm sorry bp i forgot you're actually in the eastern time zone yourself so yes you stay up late well we appreciate that well First, he's
4: uh, working
0: oh well yeah, oh yeah he I has know. to work
4: at night yes
0: <laughs> well what better way to get through a job than to listen to Talk? <laughs> i wish well he
4: well he's got slightly serious to listen to at night but um, but if, um, hopefully it might be, be, be a day that he could check out the old man show in the mornings um, and he, he even comes to come to show but I digress are Are you up at, in, in,
0: at time to watch or to listen to the old man podcast I'm, I'm up early enough
4: for that I mean BP unless he sleeps during he the day
3: is he really an old man
4: um, old the, the old man, um, you know, of the old man's podcast, he he'll be sixty eight in July. He's oh, well, young. He, he goes by that he's name. What wish you had to ask? <laughs> um, well, uh, well, I only
0: sleep a few hours too, BP. So I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, he's well, he's well, a young whippersnapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez.
4: Well, I mean, I, I know his real name, and I know Grammy's real name too.
0: Yes. Yes, Jess. Um, yeah, but that—that's um, yeah. It's, it's it's a sad when you get to a certain age where everybody that you encounter is younger than you are. It makes me want to go to a, a, a rest home just so I can see people that are older than us. But <laughs> no. Well, nice. Oh, I'm still having fun. That's all that counts. Still enjoying it. Hey, it's
3: not how old you are it's how you are old
0: would you read that on a napkin or something it's...
3: i did well, read it somewhere actually think to... i made that up i
0: thought you were doing that yourself you,
3: <laughs> i wish
0: you don't you write
4: um hmm. but i was just talking <laughs> about old man's birthday just a while ago july 6th um he shares a birthday with dina joe and And Dina Joe's granddaughter, Ava. And another pod bean friend of ours from Colorado, J-Baby.
1: Wow. I share a birthday with someone really special. Oh.
0: (laughs) Are you going (laughs) to tell it?
1: (laughs) Mine's uh, December 25th. Oh. Oh,
4: Very special. Uh, We've got a couple of, like, December birthdays on, on, like... You know, Slightly and Larve got December birthdays as well.
1: Eric, how do you remember all this stuff?
4: I I, I get told that I'm a sponge of information. <laughs> I, I just know how to absorb it.
0: Well, I'm a sponge, but oh, you're in
4: December too, BP. Oh, it? Yeah, I think. I...
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm reading, got... but oh,
4: you're you, oh, you and Slightly <laughs> share the same birthday. Oh <laughs> I think Slightly would be really just flabbergasted about that one.
0: <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I'm a sponge too, Eric, but I'm a little bit crusty. I don't absorb as much as I used to.
4: You're dried well, out. Well we know Dennis is yeah, a January birthday along with John DeVito.
0: <laughs> All right. Well uh. so I guess Crimson, you- <laughs> SpongeBob. <laughs> oh no, I
1: I think I've verbalized all my script, whatever you, you call that.
0: You've gotten, you We got to lightly tonight, didn't we?
1: Well, I got on that council culture before Eric came in and couldn't stop. So
0: I that's may have just easy, saved
4: the day. <laughs> that's that's an
0: easy that's an easy one to get on. Yeah, just it's. Just because you disagree with somebody that um, they don't have a right to express themselves because you don't agree with them. That's
1: You know, I love for people to disagree with me. There's nothing better than a good discussion.
4: Well, I mean, you can have, have friends of like different po- political and religious beliefs without being disagreeable.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, we'd love to get some people on here that have different political beliefs and have some good old Donald Wayne discussions with them.
0: I had that one guy. What's the guy, Eric yeah. from uh, England? From my... Australia.
4: I, I had to leave out early because of that episode, but Ellie J was here for that one.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I was thinking this guy was the, the one that was intoxicated. And, uh,
4: um, I uh, oh, you're talking about 30 Pac-Man. He used to be Prince King. Um, yeah, that, yeah. that was back on, I believe, January 3rd. Um, Oh my God. He, he, we didn't get to, to hear him explain to us why he voted for Biden. And um, and and we had to reprimand him because he dropped the F-bomb.
3: Uh, yeah. Well, there was somebody that was, I felt, from England or something that what? was very liberal. Yeah, y'all had that and...
4: Australia call coming that Wednesday, January 6th.
3: Yeah, that Just Duck is
1: saying Popsky.
4: Oh, oh Popsky. Popsky. Uh, oh, yeah, that was back in December. Um, but... Donald Wayne couldn't kick him off the call because he disappeared on Donald <laughs> Wayne's end.
0: Yeah. See, <laughs> but I, I'm so afraid to, to click people in now that I don't know, because I, I don't, I don't know if I can get rid of them.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> well we had uh, one tonight, uh, Eric, who was that that wanted to come in?
4: I forgot. I, I think it's Muhammad like from Egypt. Um, but I think we were busy talking and yeah. I, I don't know if he's still here or not,
1: but, uh, we need to remember that because I think he asked once before when you weren't around and we, we weren't sure. So
4: I mean, he, he's a young guy from Egypt. I mean, okay. I've seen him around like on Old Man's Show and, and a couple other shows. Okay. Well, the main thing
0: that we ask, of course, uh, I think Dennis Lee has said this several times, Eric, and you may have said it as well. You know, that, that this is a we,
4: non-explicit we, show, so no cursing is allowed.
0: Right, but we also would appreciate getting getting to know somebody a little bit but you know well, that, that, that's room. kind of a ralph william
4: rule on that that yeah. that a couple of pod podbean friends are accustomed to but especially you know, that the you, old man pick that up too
0: yeah you tell us what you would like to, to talk about before you know before we let you on and uh, of mm-hmm. course keep in mind like eric said we're not an explicit show so you can't go nuts like popsky did but of course popsky was um about 10 sheets into the wind that well, night and he, he was
4: well he was probably real tipsy
0: he was having a lot of fun uh for five o'clock in the morning or whatever it was there he said so
1: that was just left over from the night before he was still partying
0: ah uh, well we'd, we'd love to have some callers but we just have to you know have some boundaries and then of course we always have things that we try to get done we have show, to kind of keep
4: it a little filtered to a but, to a certain extent
0: if you have something you want to talk about that goes along with our subject for the night, we always uh, we'd always love to hear, and always love to have a discussion with a liberal. If anybody knows any liberals, get them to call in. <laughs> well, first I'll have to chat.
4: Yeah.
0: All right. Well. Yeah. I mean, but we just out. can't
4: have any trolling incidents on this show like uh, other shows of experience.
0: Well, they've been light lately, so they must be busy somewhere else. The trolls Maybe then. Podbean's
4: finally cracking down because, <laughs> because the old man I think has been keeping pressure on Podbean about you know these Podbean trolls like hijacking uh, images of ours and, and using them without our permission and defiling yeah. them. Yeah, that's yeah. awful. Yeah, and because know- even Hobo Chillin mentioned hopefully they're going to do something about you know banning IP addresses you know suspected of like the malicious trolling.
1: That's good to hear.
0: All right. Well, let me get out a couple of fortune cookies for my closing thought for the night. And yes. anybody ever get a fortune cookie that actually matches you, person uh, personally?
4: On a few occasions, I have. Yeah. L.A.J. I don't go to
3: places that have fortune cookies that often.
4: <laughs> Most of like Chinese restaurants or the Panda Express, but yeah. I mean, unless I you've know. not eaten there in like forever.
3: No. I always, I always, I always go eat Mexican food.
0: <laughs>
4: right. Mexican food is <laughs> pretty <very> good too. <laughs> it's you, the didn't best. A, you didn't get you didn't get fortune in,
0: in your uh, tortillas. To oh, Mohammed's back now. Oh, Okay. Um, well, you might repeat that for Mohammed just so if he wants to. Try <laughs> um,
4: if you're interested in calling in, Mohammed, what would you like to discuss? If you could acknowledge it in the chat.
0: Yeah, and we usually can't take callers at the last the last 15 um, it, minutes yeah, so. if,
4: it, well, if you can't take the call tonight, um, he's welcome to join us again on Sunday.
0: Yep. Which Sunday will be early Monday morning for him. <laughs> All right. Because um, we don't want
4: him to feel like that we, like, ignored him, which we're not. Because you, I know even you as the host, Donald Wayne, you have a lot going on on your end, too.
0: Well, for me, it's hard for me to read the screen and keep an eye on yeah. what's being said a lot i miss a lot of the comments and i only get to read them after the show's over and i'm trying to post the show so a lot of times i don't hear or i don't see people asked to come on and uh but uh, it's not we're ignoring you it's just uh, it's a flow thing
2: <laughs> yeah and, and i'm
0: challenged i <laughs> i can't multitask as as well as some people do <laughs> It's that Texas gene.
3: Yeah. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Quit picking on Texas. Is anybody else from Texas on this call? <laughs> Help me.
0: Uh, I think Laura would be your only only friend. Yeah. Uh, She's well, she from she...
3: California,
1: so we're always picking on California. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <But>
3: Not <laughs> Texas.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Eric, if you would like to, uh, oh, Jess said she lived there a while.
4: It is lovely. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm about to go ahead and, and do, do my usual routine of plugging like the Podbean shows and um, and of course I'd like to ex- of course extend our thank yous to to Podbean friends BP49 as well as Crimson and Ellie J, James from Slightly Serious, um, Jess Duck, Jeremy from Kansas Culture. Chris from the Forgotten Tunes, Muhammad and Kristen and Sasquatch and and a and a few other friends who were fortunate enough to join us this evening. Um, hopefully, we look forward to having y'all back on our ne- next li- live cast, and hopefully, Dennis Lee will, will be back on on the Sunday edition of to Talk and 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 a new episode of Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole. And Tries Talk and Tall Tales are 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 heard on Podbean Live every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tall Tales goes live at or around 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, and Trice Talk goes live at 11 p.m. Eastern. And in case you missed this and any like previous episodes of Trice Talk, you, you could look for published episodes here on Podbean as well as over on Spotify and um, Amazon and Google and Apple Podcasts and in, in anywhere you, you might find podcasts. Just search for Trice Talk. Um, other great podcast friends to to tune into, um, you know, when Ralph William is do, doing his podcast, he'll usually be on weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And hopefully he, he's going to be back on a normal schedule of going live weekdays again very soon. Um, 10 a.m. Eastern time, is the old man's podcast, with Dean, Joe and Eric, the chit chat with the old man show. And Friday nights, it's the old man's music show Fridays at 11 p.m. Eastern time, um, Tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, it is a Friday edition of the John DeVito show, um, so definitely be on the lookout for him. Um, Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, you've got Frankie D's Crib. Friday around 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you've got Cummings' Culture. Um, And Friday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, it's the Slightly Serious Show. And, And then coming up on Podbean Live throughout the weekend, you'll have names like Mysteries of the Paranormal with David, also another Texan. Um, you know, Chris unplugged with two peas in a podcast, um, the Turfy show, the it's a doomsday podcast with jester and company, lyrical laxatives with Mel and E and John and Mike, and uh, hopefully captain Jimmy might surprise pod being friends over the weekend. Should he do an impromptu episode of the pirate radio podcast? Um, and, and on Monday evening, um, I, Cummings' Culture will have the big interview with Juanita Broderick, and he may go live at a special time of either 7.30 or 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and and that'll be followed at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time by the Manic Monday edition of the Slightly Serious Show, when we will have the gentleman from the Freethink Institute coming back for a second visit, which that, that should really be fun. and um, and of course, shout outs to other Podbean friends who have been kind of MIA recently, including you know, the f- friends from a, a podcast show called The Raw Report, and, um, you know, Steve and Tanya from the Just Another Day in Paradise, and L- Lewis and, and Tim and Lindsay and Trendy from the Almost Everything podcast. And shout outs to also additional Podbean friends like Pink Squirrel of whose podcast is this anyway, Lauren and Lou from Communication Station and Accidental Chaos, um, the Milk Dog 2020 show, as well as, um, lingo common lingo here music show um and and of course also weeknights you'll find chuck and billy's not your cup of tea comedy podcast and on monday evenings you have Corey and jason and mike tampa Bay collaborating with a podcast show called uncommon sense from the greenery podcast so you know you know you know i could just go on and on and um and if you want to get in touch with Donald Wayne, his email is tricetalk69pts at gmail.com. And you can also follow him on Twitter at tricetalkwgmoon. And on Facebook, it's at tricetalk. And I don't have the Parlor handle memorized right offhand, but he but we're definitely on Parlor as well and, and and a couple other social media platforms. But I'm now going to turn it over to Dennis Dennis's dad, Donald Wayne, of course, <laughs> since they are father and son, he's going to give us a closing thought and we want to wish everybody a very blessed weekend. Hoping everybody had a good spring break.
0: You let the cat out of the bag, Eric.
4: <laughs> I think we, a lot of us have known about power. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I think probably that connection has been made. Uh, actually, I think it's well, on the um, information. Hey, on if the
4: in here, um, we've, Oh, and, and Pink Squirrel just showed up as we're wrapping up. So, But if Laura was going to be here, we'd have to remind her you know, of her favorite saying, what kind of show is this? <laughs>
0: but, but You Laura actually knows we do love that her. pretty good, Eric. So we, might, yeah. we may
4: just let you uh, do that part. But I, I think Laura owns that one. But hopefully she'll be back on our next show.
0: Yeah, that was that was a fun night uh thanks eric appreciate it thanks everybody for joining us tonight thanks crimson for helping out again and thanks ellie J., for calling in good to hear from you
3: thank you much good to hear from uh, you, all too. you uh glad to be here
0: you, you take care of those cacti back in texas okay mm-hmm. If you say so, <laughs> Ellie Jay, come
1: back to see us real
3: soon, okay? <laughs> Y'all come back now.
0: <laughs> uh,
3: you here?
2: That
0: you sounds here? like the Beverly Hillbillies.
3: Or
4: oh, uh, that sounds like
0: Paula Dean. <laughs> <Deen>. Ellie Mae.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, my namesake. <laughs> Almost.
0: The, the closing thought for tonight is when people tell me you're going to regret that in the morning. I sleep until noon
2: because because
0: I'm a problem solver. And I have no idea who came up with that, but I thought it was cute. So
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah. We're going to uh get out of here with uh Ellie Goulding and uh Thanks again everybody and stay safe. Um probably do a couple of mini pods the next couple of nights, but we'll be back with Dennis Lee on Sunday. Yay!
3: Thanks, Carolyn.
0: I think we're all
4: turning out the lights together.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The party's over.
0: (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. everybody.
3: Good night.
2: Good night.
5: So we rush into colors, colors, and carousels. Oh, head first, my favorite planes
2: to play ground games. Next thing I touch you, look at me, it's like hit me, lightning lightning. Next thing, we touch it. 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 Next thing, we touch